0: Welcome back to Is It Horror? This is the Season 3 bonus episode, Mortal Kombat 2021. I'm Brianna.
1: I'm Joe.
2: I'm Matt.
0: I'm Mitch. And I am Steve. And if you haven't joined us before, each episode we analyze a piece of media, usually a movie, whose horror status is debatable. We try to look at the creator's intent, audience reception, and the content of the media all in an effort to better define the horror genre. If you agree with our take, that's awesome, and if you don't, that's awesome too. Horror is a diverse genre, and all are welcome. But before we get into the movie, we're going to go to Joe's Get to Know You Corner. Joe?
1: Okay, so today, talking about Mortal Kombat. um, In Mortal Kombat, at least in the movie, I guess I don't know as much in, in the games, but like your arcana is like your superpower kind of thing. So what would your arcana be? and what would your special move or fatality be with said arcana?
3: I definitely want some of that magical body armor stuff that super duper just like sprouts out of your skin wolverine style. I need me some of that and my signature move would be to become a spherical ball of said armor and then just like take out the enemy bowling ball style like Sonic the Hedgehog. It would be amazing.
1: Like hamster wheel style, that's awesome. Yes.
3: Like saying true. Who's that Pokémon?
1: <laughs> um, well mine, I, I was thinking with mine I'd do something along the teleportation line but maybe do it a little different, like I feel like people, a lot of times it's like portrayed as like teleport to here and like jump out of a place where they don't expect you. But I'd maybe do it more of like teleporting things into people or teleporting people into things. Or like you could even have like fatality where you teleport a person like five feet down into the ground and just their head sticking out of the ground. And then you kick their head off as the fatality or something like that. So, uh, yeah, something along the teleportation line.
0: So cute. (laughs) I
2: have thought about this in a lot of ways, but I think right now I've been watching the One Piece live action with my kids and with Mitts. Uh, And I have decided that what I want right now is to have Gumby, like, elastic powers, but also be strong, like, Luffy from One Piece. Because that just seems like a lot of fun. Just seems like a really versatile thing.
0: I mean, you could pick any lock, right? Because you could just, you know, push your finger into the keyhole and get it exactly where it needs to be. Or just slip around the edges of the door and don't worry about the lock.
2: Yeah, and I could make any of my appendages longer, like my arms.
0: It's the only one that would come to mind. Yeah, your like, arms.
2: Like
4: <laughs> my arms. And when you went to bed at night you forgot to turn the light off? Ugh, oh, just reach on over there.
2: Exactly. Amazing.
0: And when you're comfy in bed but you have to go to the bathroom, huh? <laughs> I mean, I guess it would work. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the way that I would mundanely use that power if I had it.
2: Just be really awkward if you live with anybody.
0: Yeah, walking,
1: walking down the hall at night and get clotheslined by something you don't know what it is.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I had to go. You'd shout from the other room.
4: Um... Mine has not changed from the last time that I was asked this. My power would be the ability to turn people into food and then kill them by eating them. Because I love food and there's no gore involved with that. So basically, I think it's ideal.
3: Also, it's extremely resourceful and environmentally responsible. I support you.
0: And technically, you have the power to turn anyone into food now. I mean, you're so right. It's just a very attainable goal as far as powers go. That's all i Jeffrey
4: Dahmer would like to know your location.
0: <laughs> and bring spices with you. So my power um, would involve using butterfly knives because I like messing around with butterfly knives. And at one point I liked collecting them. And uh, I figure... I've, I've given this a little bit more thought because we tried to record this episode once and everything was terrible and it was horrible and hopefully nothing will go wrong here and I knock on wood but I'm not superstitious so anyhow what I would do with the butterfly knives is of course the stabbing part but then I would manipulate them so fast as to create whirlwind blasts that I would use to send at my enemies at a distance and I would use that to teleport because like I think half the Mortal Kombat characters can teleport at this point. So I would use it for that. And then my fatality would be just a lot of stabbing. Just lots of stabbing. Stabby stab 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 stabby stab. Followed by another light stabbing.
1: You got to practice your stabbing.
2: Well, I want to talk about my fatality. My fatality would be that I would, like, like, basically elasticize my body into somebody's, like, down somebody's throat and into their stomach, and then, and then I would just, like, explode out of them.
4: You know, it's giving me Miss Frizzle vibes. I feel like mm-hmm. she would be a great Mortal Kombat character. She just drives her little bus down your throat, and suddenly it's not little anymore. And you get exploded by a
0: bus. Okay, well now I feel like the world isn't good enough because we don't have Mrs. Frizzle in one of the Mortal Kombats as a bonus character.
2: Frizzality! <laughs> Dude.
1: It makes me sad because I know it'll never happen. Well, nice. That was the a, a enlightening get, uh, corner visit. <laughs> so thanks for all your guys' input.
0: We've learned a lot, and we've grown as though we had stretchy limbs, but in our mind. Sounds like something Miss Frizzle would say. Indeed, (laughs) it does. Well, in honor of the new Mortal Kombat game, which is called Mortal Kombat 1, despite being the 12th Mortal Kombat in the series, is releasing on September 14th, so in honor of that, we decided we would take a look at the most recent, at least as of this recording, live-action adaptation of the series, which is Mortal Kombat 2021. Uh, Just to give a little bit of history on the franchise as a whole, Uh, the video game series started way back in 1992, and since then there have been 12 main series entries, counting this new one that's coming out on the 14th of September, and there have been around 10 spin-off games across various platforms. As far as adaptations go, before that we've had two films in the 90s, Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation, there's been a live-action TV show of which there's about 22 episodes, there have been some live-action web series, uh, several animated features, animated show, and just a whole slew of comics, and at least a book or two floating around out there. So Mortal Kombat as a uh, as a IP has spanned all sorts of different things. As far as this particular movie, so again it's Mortal Kombat 2021, and it was directed by Simon McQuoid who I'm sure I'm mispronouncing his last name. Sorry, Simon, if you're out there listening to this, of course you wouldn't be, but if you are, say hi. You know, you can talk to us, it's fine. Don't be scared. But uh, this this is his first feature film work. Previously, he'd done a lot of commercial work, particularly in video games. That's kind of why the studio was looking at him as a good fit for this, although he was reluctant to take it on initially. And then the writer on this is Greg Russo, who is a newer screenwriter as far as I understand it, but he is working on video game adaptations for Fear, Saints Row, Space Invaders, and System Shock, and also was, previous to all of this, a very big Mortal Kombat fan from what I understand. And then you have uh, the other co-writer on this was David Callaham, who had worked on Godzilla and Ant-Man, uh, Zobbyland, Double Tap, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, So he's worked on a lot of different genre things before tackling Mortal Kombat. As far as the back of the box description goes, we have MMA fighter Cole Young must train to unlock his true power and stand with Earth's greatest champions against the enemies from Outworld in a high-stakes battle for the universe. Uh, As usual, spoiler warning here. We will be discussing everything in the film, so there'll be plenty of spoilers for that. Um, Minor spoilers for perhaps the rest of the series, but again, probably pretty minor. So normally here I would share a quote with you from the director or the writers on the genre, but for the most part, I found across a lot of interviews, uh, the director and writers on this film, they mostly talked about the process of adapting it and what it was like working on a video game movie and things like that, but didn't really discuss the genre of the film so much. So at least to set an idea, I do have a quote from Ed Boon, who is the co-creator of the original Mortal Kombat video game series and still works in the series, just talking about the series as a whole and a little bit about its genre, so I figured I would share that. So he said, it's a fighting game that really got a lot of attention from how bold and violent and brash it was and has endured for 20 years. To me the fact that 20 years later we can sell a version that sells in the multiple millions of units is really a testament to its staying power. There aren't many franchises fighting or any other style of video games that can really say that. That can sell that many games in its latest incarnation. It just shows how much this series is willing to change and evolve over time and stay interesting. I think Endurance is a big part of its legacy. It has great personality. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's so over-the-top violent and crazy that you almost can't take it seriously. It's not supposed to be a horror movie. There's an element of campiness in there, end quote. So at least as far as his determination for the series as a whole, looking back on 20 years of it, doesn't really consider it to be within the horror genre, at least in his description of it. And then as far as the meta tags for the series go, uh, across 11 streaming services we have 25 genre designations and 40% of those were for action, 32% were for adventure, 16% were for sci-fi and fantasy, and 12% were for martial arts, and I couldn't find any instance of any streaming service classifying it as a horror film. And then as far as Google search trends, which again is just looking to see if it gets a bump in searches in October, which could indicate that people consider it to be a horror film. I didn't see any indication of that for Google or Wikipedia. Of course, this movie hasn't been out very long as of this recording, so there's not really much of a bump to look at just yet, but there also doesn't seem to be a bump in in searches for the series overall. All right, so. Where did everyone weigh in?
3: Is Mortal Kombat 2021 horror? I say it is not horror. Very gory, but not horror.
1: I also say not horror.
2: Not horror.
4: That's going to be a no from me, dog.
0: (laughs) Not horror from me as well. Alright, before we get into... The uh, talking about the film itself, do a quick trivia question. So, each of the trivia questions in this episode are going to be about fatalities that are performed in the video games. So, I'm going to describe what the fatality is and then give you three options, and you have to guess which character performs that fatality. Is everybody ready? Ready, ready, all right, here we go. So, from Mortal Kombat,
4: wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. You have to say the thing.
3: Finish yeah, it. Say the thing. No, the f- not not the ending thing. The other thing.
0: Fight. Round 1. Round 1. Fight. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <laughs> so for Mortal Kombat 1, this character removes their mask revealing a skull and shoots fire from their mouth to burn their opponent to death. We have, is it A, Sonya, B, Scorpion, or C, Kano? So everybody will say what they think it is, and then once everyone's weighed in, I will give the answer. We're starting off easy. I think it's
3: Scorpion.
2: Yes, B, Scorpion. Scorpion.
4: I gonna be honest, I don't know anything about Mortal Kombat, but I know that Sonya doesn't have a mask, and I'm pretty sure that Kano doesn't have one, so Scorpion? I don't know if Kano has one but scorpion
0: he doesn't have one in any of the installments i've played so yes you're right it is b scorpion huzzah everyone gets a point
1: which means no one gets
0: a point that's right bitch anyway here we go so i thought we'd first start off by kind of looking at the reputation of the series because i was curious what everyone was sort of anticipating from this so what did you know about mortal Kombat as a series before this and uh like what have your experiences with the series been
3: so my experience with mortal Kombat is so extensive that i watched this movie wondering where the hell chun Li was before i realized that that's from street fighter <laughs> <laughs> so so I, <laughs>
4: same i thought the same thing and then i was like Thank oh you. i'm thinking of the other one Thank you, because
3: she was my favorite street fighter character and i was really jacked to see her and i was like oh wait wrong fucking franchise asshole <laughs>
1: <laughs> um for me like i uh i have played some of the games but not I had not as much as Street Fighter. Uh, And that wasn't really on purpose or anything. I I liked Mortal Kombat fine, but just like I kind of grew up in a household that was like anti video gaming to a degree. So I played like computer games because I don't think my parents were as aware of the games I was playing on my computer. Uh, But I had to go to friends' houses to play, you know, like Sega and Nintendo and stuff like that. And they had Street Fighter more than they did Mortal Kombat. So. Uh, so yeah, I haven't played this a ton, but I am semi-aware of it, but I haven't done delved into any of the other f- uh, forms of it, like the movies or anything like that. This is the first movie
2: I've seen in the franchise. Uh, for me, I really didn't play too much. I remember, I maybe my memory is wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure my brother had like, First, had like a copy for computer, is that
0: right? So, I did have a copy for the computer, but the first copy I ever had is I had one, two, and I believe three for the original Sega Genesis. In fact, I still have for sure one and two and that very Sega and played it in preparation for this.
2: Okay, so I remember watching you play it, and I remember getting my butt kicked by you and not really being interested in fighting games. And then, like, I I know that the game was violent at a, for its time, but, like, it never really came across to me as violent. So I was sort of, like, surprised when I first started watching the movie because I was like, oh, yeah, this is, like, this franchise is famous for being like over the top violent. Like I forgot about that because having only really seen the first couple of games played, like they were violent, but it was like very poor graphics violence. So it didn't come across as violent, as that violent to me at the time, you know? So that's my perception of it.
0: Which it's interesting because at least as far as perception of this series goes, so I have this note here. It's just that Mortal Kombat as a series was always kind of viewed as extremely violent. So much so that, in fact, it, along with a few other games, notably Night Trap as one of them, would, anyway, they were the focus of these congressional hearings on video game violence in the 90s. And that all resulted in the industry being forced to self-regulate, or they were going to be regulated by the government. And so that self-regulation Resulted in the creation of the Entertainment Software Rating Board, or the ESRB. So anytime you see a rating on a video game, it is largely in part to reaction to the Mortal Kombat series. Um, as far as my experience with these games, like I played one, two, and three a ton. Every sleepover I went to, anytime I stopped in an arcade, I'd be playing these games. Uh, I read all of the comics that were out at the time. Like, I had a ton of those. Uh, There was novelization. I read that, too. Made sure to go to the movie as soon as that came out. Like, it was a big deal for me. Uh, I played one through four, but one through three on the Sega, and then four on the computer. And then I also had one on the computer.
4: I don't know anything about it. Well, that's not true. I know the catchphrases, because everyone does. And when the new game came out, I watched some people stream it, and I was like, wow, that's really violent. And when I was in middle school, I had the song on my MP3 player, and that's all I know about Mortal Kombat.
0: So I guess I wanted to see, did you, so at least it sounds like some of you had some expectation of, the violence of the series but uh, did did you expect this movie to be horror was that kind of what you were thinking from it or or what was you what were you expecting genre-wise
3: i did not think it was going to be horror um but i because i didn't play the original games at all like i didn't i was surprised at how violent it was so i was actually a little bit impressed going in with like zero expectation and being like ooh, ooh, ah like some of those scenes were they were pretty good
1: I I didn't go in expecting horror. I uh I don't know what I was expecting. I guess I, one of the things for me like I didn't really realize how much kind of lore there is uh, in this game and how much like story there is actually going on um just over the whole franchise. So I guess that was a little bit of a surprise for me. But uh yeah, I didn't go in expecting horror.
4: I guess I was just It's pretty much exactly what I was expecting. I was expecting, like, Marvel with extra gore. So, that's pretty much what it was to me.
2: I definitely wasn't expecting it to be horror. uh, But I was taken aback by the violence and gore, I guess. Because I just wasn't expecting it. But, like, I shouldn't have been. Like, that's what it's famous for. But I just wasn't expecting it. But, yeah. I, I think I was kind of looking at it how it said like as like a superhero kind of movie video game adaptation like i was expecting it to be a typical video game adaptation and it was essentially that for me
0: all right well then that brings us to mortal kombat 2 fatality trivia round two fight so here we go (laughs) this character For their fatality, they slam their hands against their opponent's skull, bursting it like a bloody watermelon. Is it A, Jax, B, Liu Kang, or C, Melina?
4: I think I know this one, and I don't know anything. I think it's Jax, because I think that happened in the movie. Or, if it didn't happen in the movie, Matt talked about it during the movie. I'm probably wrong, but...
3: Well, I distinctly remember that part in the movie, but I am terrible at remembering characters' names, but I also think it was Jack's.
4: I'm going to say Jack's as well.
2: Yeah, it's definitely Jack's in my opinion.
0: Yay, everybody got it right. They're going to get harder though. Trust me. Rude. For the first two, I chose ones that definitely happened in the movie as well, so there's that. The next one did not happen in the movie because it would have been absurd, but we'll get there. Okay, so we'll lead right into the gore. We all kind of mentioned that a little bit. Um, Mortal Kombat's biggest horror connection is is obviously gore. So we'll start with that. Uh, Would you consider Mortal Kombat an extremely gory film?
3: Yes. I think that it was done to do the whole shock and awe and ew factor. I think it was very pointedly done on purpose, so yeah.
1: I thought it was a gory movie, but... I will be honest, I kind of expected more uh, gore going into it just because of the reputation of Mortal Kombat. Um, not to say that it, it wasn't. It certainly, I don't know, it had a lot more, but it had a lot of gore. But uh, I I remember like other movies that I've seen that are far gorier. Uh, but yeah.
3: Sir, I'm, I'm going to have to push back. They sawed somebody in half skull first. That was pretty amazing.
4: Yeah, that was the goriest part.
1: That is true.
4: Hashtag
3: skull saw. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think, like, one of the goriest things I've seen on film is, like, from one of the Rambo movies where he just, like, takes, like, a big, like, mounted machine gun to a couple guys in a Jeep and just turns them into hamburger, basically. And, like, that, for me, far surpasses anything in this film.
2: Yeah, I don't. I think for me, it was really gory, but somehow the gore felt like so cartoony and over the top that it didn't really affect me in the same way that other gore, perhaps gore that's happening to like real people might affect me. I know some of the things happened to real people in the film, but most of the stuff was happening to like really kind of weird over the top characters, in my opinion.
4: I kind of also agree that it it wasn't as gory as I was expecting for Mortal Kombat because, like I said, I, I've never played it, but I watched people stream it, and when I was watching the gameplay, it was more like the violence was the main character, but in this movie, I don't think they focused on it as much. Or it just didn't affect me as much, maybe. Like, I've definitely seen way gorier movies.
2: Like, I would frame the question this way, like, what if the character of Sonya Blade was the one who got sawed in half by the hat instead of the other girl? Like, to me, that would have made it feel different, because the other girl was, like, kind of framed more like a monster, like, not like a real human.
0: Well, that's actually one of the things I was going to ask, so I would like to see everybody's answer on that, because the bulk of the really gory sequences... Are perpetrated against villains of the film. And in a lot of cases, the villains, they've had little to no characterization, or they're presented as monsters, or they have very few lines. So, did that affect your classification that the violence seemed to be happening disproportionately to those characters than our human characters?
3: Yes, absolutely, because I think that part of the element of for horror for me as a viewer is going to be, I am afraid for the good guys, and I was not at all afraid for the quote-unquote good guys at all in this film. I knew they were going to win.
2: Yeah, for me, the biggest like actual horror gore, I mean, the biggest poignant gore, was happening to Jax when Jax gets his arms froze off like that one you're like oh shit like that one hit you know what I mean but pretty much nothing else in the film hit gore wise for me more than just being like that's a neat spectacle kind of thing happening
1: yeah you don't have to have any emotional of involvement with any of it it can just be a fun like destruction sort of thing or (laughs) I don't know because, yeah, I think it's, it is. It's just happening to monsters. It's happening to people we don't care about, for sure. Just echoing all of what you guys
2: have said.
0: I guess that's one of the things that I was thinking about, too, in terms of gore goes. I, I do think that um, when I think... <laughs> it, it's kind of weird to classify it like this, but so Terrifier 2 was an extremely gory movie that came out kind of contemporary to this film. And so to look at that and say, like, here is a gory horror film and Terrifier that is over-the-top and cartoonish, and then here is Mortal Kombat where it does have over-the-top gore in some moments, but just how much less there is that it's perpetrated against inhuman creatures a lot of the time, even though there is that moment with Jax. And, you know, there's, again, as Brianna said, the feeling that your characters are gonna, your heroes are gonna come out on top. So I think, like, while there are very gory moments in this film that it ends up being muted because of some of those other factors surrounding its use in the film i did have a quote here from simon mccoy uh, in an interview with screen rush kind of talking about how he approached including fatalities in this sort of echoes i guess some of what we've already said but he said for instance, with Jax and Rico, there's that shot behind Jax with his arms out very wide. That's, an important, that's as important in the whole sequence as probably any other shot, because it's really about Jax's energy. Each fatality is really about the character that is performing the fatality. So in pursuit of getting the actual death part correct, we didn't want to lose sight of the hero and what they are doing. Each one has its own set of moving parts within it. End quote. So I guess I was kind of curious in that regard, do you feel like that was part of what you were seeing too when the violence is happening, the focus is on the person perpetrating it? So like, for instance, when we're watching Jack smash a guy's head, it's about Jack's reaction to it. When we watch Kung Lao run someone through a buzzsaw, it's again, you know, it's focused on his reaction to it. Um, I feel like that's true throughout those. And again, that's another way that it's sort of keeps the violence from feeling like horror movie violence to me it's our heroes doing it and we're focused on them when it happens but what did you guys think
3: no i absolutely agree because like you said it is completely hero focused the entire movie like full stop they succeeded fully if that was their goal
2: yeah for sure and and definitely like if you give lady who got buzzsawed in half if you give her hopes and dreams and a backstory then it definitely becomes a whole different scene you know what i mean
3: okay but for real i want to see that backstory because she was one of my favorite characters what the hell was her name again natara super uh, 10 stars she was awesome like i kind of want to cosplay her now (laughs)
4: I kinda of forgot this, but me and Matt actually talked about this while we were watching the movie. We were like <laughs> we were like, Do you think like these bad guys like behind the scenes are like, hey guys, I really love you guys. You guys do great out there. <laughs> like they never like humanize the bad guys. We were we actually brought that up. Yeah, you
2: know, like they could be like a really tight knit family with like a really cool relationship and they're just there to fight. <laughs>
0: Alright, well it is time for round 3 of the Guess the Fatality game, so round 3, fight. So in Mortal Kombat 3, this character removes their mask, scaring their opponent so much that their opponent's ghost leaves their body and runs away and then their body drops dead. Is it A, Melina, B, Natara,
3: or C, Cabal? I don't remember, but I want it to be Natara now that I know that's her name, so there.
1: I, I don't know this one for sure. I'm just guessing, but I I don't know. I think Cabal, I guess, is my guess.
0: What was the first choice? Melina. She was the one with the large, toothy grin. Oh, Oh, she was fun, too. Shh. I'm going to
4: say Cabal, because honestly don't remember what Natara looks like, and I think C- Cabal had a mask on again, so <laughs> I'm going with Cabal. I think I'm gonna go with Molina.
2: Why not?
0: The answer was C, Cabal, so Joe and Mitz nailed it. Woo! Was,
4: was he the funny guy? The guy that I wish didn't die so fast because he was funny?
0: Possibly. So. He was funny. He talked with Kano a bit.
4: Yeah. I like him. He had charisma. He had Moxie. <laughs> he,
0: did, <laughs> he did, but not the awesome soda. <laughs> Callback. Teehee. Check out eleven twenty two sixty three where Moxie is drunk. Anyway. So as far as horror tropes, uh we do have kind of monsters and villains in this and kind of wanted to go over those a little bit because we have several villains throughout the film and they range from more developed human opponents like Sub-Zero and Shang Tsung to more monstrous villains like Goro and Reptile so I wanted to see how the antagonists are portrayed how that affected whether the film felt like horror to each of you so were any of the villains monsters in this film did they feel like something out of a horror film
3: I mean, yes, but they, you were never rooting for them, and I always root for the bad guy, so I don't know.
1: I, none of them, so the one I guess that most maybe had the tones of horror for me was, was Sub-Zero, but like, or like the, the first scene was Sub-Zero, uh, but like the actual monsters like Goro and Reptile, like they, it's, it didn't, feel, they didn't feel like horror monsters to me, uh, if that makes sense, I guess.
2: Yeah, to me, they kind of felt like, and maybe intentionally so, like something out of a Japanese kung fu movie or like a... Or it was almost like Japanese kung fu mixed with like Godzilla was kind of the feeling that I got from them.
4: I kind of viewed this movie through a weird lens because... I know, like, it, although I've never played the games, I know that they're all video game characters. And it's like a fighting game, right? So you just pick your character and fight the other person. So to me, in my mind, that puts them all on the same playing field. And that makes nobody scarier than anyone else. And for that for that reason, I, to me, there wasn't, like, a, a clear villain.
0: Okay, I want to skip ahead a little bit because of that. Um, So one of the things I also want to talk about in here is they have the trope of if this is horror, then they fall really hard into the horror hero because half of our cast are heroes of the film. So we've talked before about how it's tough to have heroes in a horror film and maintain that proper tone. So if Mortal Kombat is horror, like I said, we've got horror heroes. So does the fact that our heroes are so formidable... And that they have superpowers, did that affect your classification? Did that keep it from ever feeling like it was horror? Did it undercut the tension for you?
3: Yes and no, because they were equally matched with the quote-unquote bad guys in terms of power and, and all that. So it, maybe because they were both matched in power, it did not feel like horror. Because I feel like there's usually like this huge power imbalance between like the killer and the final girl. Is that making sense?
0: I think so. So you're just saying that, um, so it did keep it feeling like horror because they were evenly matched. Am I getting that right?
3: It felt like it was not horror because they were evenly matched. I think that if, if we would have had the supernatural villains and the mere mortals, it would have been different
1: and it felt like they kind of tried to go for that tone at least in the early part of the movie yeah. but then as as soon as like as soon as everybody's got their arcanas and as soon as they start like separating them out and being like all right we're going to have some one on one or two on two fights like the the heroes are with ease taking them out with maybe the exception of sub zero
0: it's true and joe and i talked about this before the before recording here But most of the villains get taken out in what is essentially like a six or seven minute montage at the end of the film. Like we've we've built some of them up a little bit, but seriously, like they kill off most of them in about six minutes.
3: It was a very well done montage. Ten stars.
0: (laughs) One of the other things too, as far as horror movies go, audiences often take their cues on how to react to a film based on how our main characters kind of react to the situations they're encountering. So apart from whether or not they're formidable, how did our heroes' reactions to the horrific situations they encounter affect your classification of the film? Did they give you the cue that you really shouldn't feel fear that this isn't a scary movie?
3: I mean, it was really more like we were supposed to feel melodramatic fear, not real fear, like artsy fear, I don't know, superhero fear.
1: If this movie would have taken like a sidestep to the left or the right, I, I could have seen maybe getting close to like a horror comedy situation because they did have those moments where they, you know, flawless victory and you know they have the characters say that and fatality and things like that and it's just like tongue-in-cheek enough that it's touches on maybe sort of that horror comedy thing like if they would have leaned into that just a little bit more I could maybe see feeling that
3: it was very campy at times but I enjoy that yeah yeah
0: I think it would be interesting too to see a take on Mortal Kombat and live action that went partially comedy like did action comedy because there is sort of that campiness to the video games itself especially where they kind of get outlandish outlandish with their violence so I, I don't know I think that would be a fun take because I think for the most part this movie takes itself I don't know not excessively serious but I think it does take itself maybe a little more serious than is necessary given the source material
2: yeah I'd agree with that I think you could have, like, I imagine, like, Thor, Ragnarok style of a Mortal Kombat movie could work if you had the right director and the right actors.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think something like that could be really good.
1: Just having them do all that ridiculous violence to each other, but still just sort of, like, shaking it off and getting back in the fight as if it were a fighting game.
3: how very death becomes her
0: yeah exactly or you know even like tucker and dale versus evil right like it's it's played for the you're supposed to laugh at how ridiculous the gore is yeah
2: we have had one doozy of a day
0: (laughs) (laughs) another thing i wanted to talk about was just the villain's whole motivation so Their entire motivation throughout the film is that they are afraid of losing the upcoming Mortal Kombat tournament, which more or less translates to the idea that they're afraid of our heroes. They're afraid they might win. So does the sheer fact that their entire plan is based in fear of the heroes, does that affect how you saw them and if you saw them as a threat or not?
3: Well, yeah, because in a horror movie, you're you're afraid of the bad guys, right? You're afraid for the good guys, and no, not here.
1: I, so, thinking about just that whole thing, like, that's not, that is, like, what it's saying in the, like, in the words, but that's not, I I didn't feel like they were trying to make me feel like that, as far as, like, the, the villains would be af- afraid of them, especially in the earlier part of the film, because a lot of our heroes don't have their powers yet and they are mere mortals and things like that. Um, So I I don't know. I think they were maybe intentionally sidestepping that undertone or that plot thread. Um, But once you kind of think about it a little more and be like, Oh yeah, that is their motivation. They're just trying to cheat at this contest because what if they lose? I, I think for sure it definitely undercuts the scariness of them, of the bad guys
2: to me it felt like the stakes were very similar to like a season of power rangers like we did (laughs) not like it was just like we they were like oh it's gonna we're gonna have control of the universe if we win or the world if we win but what does that mean like what are they gonna do like what does that like what (laughs)
1: That makes me think of Futurama when, like, uh, you know, they're auctioning off the Milky Way to the being of inconceivable horror. Uh, but, you know, what does that actually mean for us living here in the Milky Way?
0: <laughs> okay, we are definitely going to get into that. But before we <laughs> do, we're going to go to Mortal Kombat Fatality Trivia 4. So this is particularly from Mortal Kombat 4. So round four fight so anyway this character blows a kiss towards their victim which creates a ball of energy that cuts their opponent in half at the torso is it a sonia b melina or c natara i tried to choose characters that are specifically in the film so you have some frame of reference
3: i'm just gonna keep choosing natara till it's right so
4: I didn't see Sonya do this in the movie, but maybe she does it in the game. So I'm gonna say Sonya. But her name's Blade, so I feel like her thing's supposed to be with Blades. Man, I don't know.
1: Well, so I'm I'm gonna guess Sonya too, because I guess in my head that's tracking. Because yeah, she, her thing is Blades, but it's you know this is sounds like I mean it's a ball of energy, but it also is like cutting them in half. So oh, so
4: true, so true
1: yeah, I don't know maybe I'm off base on that, but I'm gonna guess Sonia
4: I will
2: also say Sonia
0: it was in fact a Sonia yeah okay so let's let's get into the stakes of this film. So so the stakes for our hero is supposed to be literally be the fate of the whole universe. so it sounds like for the most part, and you can chime in if you haven't yet on this, that you didn't really feel that tension in the film. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. How was the film overall at building tension? Did you feel like there was any tension surrounding anything, even if it wasn't the fate of the
3: universe? I was not at all concerned for the fate of the universe at any point in time throughout this, but... I guess there were one or two spots where I was mildly concerned for the protagonists, but I still knew they were going to win because hashtag superhero movie.
2: The only time I had any concern, I think, for them was like when Jax is getting his arms ripped off. I felt like that was a little bit of a a tense moment. But otherwise, like I said, it was like watching an episode of Power Rangers.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I actually think I... Well, I didn't know enough to not to know that Jax wasn't going to get killed honestly cuz I I thought that he was sacrificing himself and we were going to see Sub-Zero kill Jax in that moment so I did feel that a little bit for the tension but as far as the like universal tension like being afraid for the universe like they didn't show us what that would actually look like if they If they showed us, you know, other universes getting conquered, what that meant for them, what it was, then, I don't know, I think that would have been more effective.
0: I agree. I feel like there was just, they just didn't do a good enough job building any stakes throughout the film. And, you know, that's fine for what the movie ends up being, but in terms of it feeling like horror, I feel like you need to have some kind of stakes that you can get invested in. And at least as far as the film goes and the way that it's all laid out, I feel like the most tense part is just the opening sequence where you see Scorpion's origin and then the movie never builds that tension again. Like it's, it's all there in the intro and then never again.
2: That is a good point. That, that little, the, the intro kind of as a standalone sort of, film or story was probably the best thing that they had like it was like they they sat in a room and they were storyboarding and they had one really good storyboard sequence and it was that first section of the movie you know
4: yeah i actually was going to bring that up because well to answer the question about tension i feel like the first 30 minutes are the most tense of the movie because you have the intro and then you have sub-zero just coming in and just messing everybody's life up but um to go back to the intro i had no idea how they were going to make this into a movie so i guess when we were in the intro i thought the whole thing was going to be set in this like colonial japan or wherever we were and i was so hyped for that i was so engaged and then we went back to modern times and it was like oh it's not as cool as i thought it was going to be i would love that to was see how I like felt too An old, like, old-school, like, origin story of these characters? That would be so cool. No. We just got the Marvel.
0: Well, so did it feel mostly just like a superhero movie with violence? I think we pretty much said that, and that's certainly what I was feeling about it. Is that kind of where everyone else came in at it then?
3: Yeah, that's a pretty good description. Yeah.
2: For sure. I know I've said this before, but I would say it's... Power Rangers, but violent.
0: <laughs> that's fair,
2: yes.
3: You say Power Rangers like it's a bad thing, though.
2: Well, I'm not saying... I'm not necessarily trying to say that's a bad thing, because Power Rangers is... But, but I don't even think it is on a Marvel level. It's more on that Power Rangers level.
0: <laughs> okay, so here's just an absurd random fact about Power Rangers that I learned very recently that I still am wrapping my head around. Uh, so there's... As we're recording this, there's the actor strike that's going on right now. And as an example of why the actor strike is needed, the guy that plays Zordon, so the floating head that talks to the Power Rangers in the original series, he filmed for one afternoon ever, and then that footage was used in every goddamn episode of that original series. So he never filmed more sequences and he was only paid for one afternoon and he was in every episode. That's
3: crazy. It's ludicrous, right?
1: Wow, yeah.
4: How does that even work?
3: Seriously, I thought my job sucked.
0: Yeah, for real. Like, they had this joke in The Simpsons where they were uh, talking with a voice actor. It was like the Poochie episode of The Simpsons and the lady that Homer's working with, she did the voice of the Roadrunner and she's like oh, you did the meep meep. And she's like, no, I just did meep. And then they looped it in post and they never paid me for the two words. And you (laughs) laugh at it. I think it's funny. But now it's like, no, that probably happened.
3: (laughs) But now it's not so funny. That's real. (laughs) No, The
1: Simpsons is great.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, random sidebar there on all of that. So, um, how about the general tone of the movie what What would you say was the most horrific elements for you if you had to pick something out that felt like horror, whether it was a moment or a character or a scene? what was it
3: I'm sorry, that whole skull sawing thing is what I keep going back to like that was that was pretty horrific that was awesome
1: i think i've I've already kind of mentioned it, but i and we've already talked about it, but that the opening uh opening scene i think for me was the closest feeling to that and it was mostly just the just the like even interaction between uh bihan or sub-zero between the the wife and kid just how like pretty menacing and the just his presence in that scene um is just uh, uh is just it felt like horror and it was also uh it was sort of, they were, at least for me, like they're characters that I didn't know anything about. So it was sort of like the, all bets are off whether they're, what's going to happen to them and they do end up getting killed. So yeah, anyways, that was the most kind of horror feeling for me, I guess.
2: Yeah, I agree that opening sequence or maybe Sub-Zero's chasing and fighting then Jax in the beginning could be the most horror kind of scenes.
4: I think um, I would say when Sub-Zero came and started like kind of just destroying the town and threatening actual civilians, to me was the most horror because that's when he showed the most disregard for innocent people. I don't know if you could call the other people innocent that he fought because he was on even playing rounds with them. And, like, the whole thing is you're supposed to fight in this universe. So, I don't know. It, I feel like that was the most evil thing that he did. Or that anyone did.
0: What about the sequence? So, I agree. I think that Sub-Zero... I'll go one further even to say that Sub-Zero is at his most menacing in that first sequence when he's attacking uh, Scorpion's family there. And that, honestly, he... Like he peaks during that scene and that every sequence afterward. While the fight with Jax and him attacking the town is that is a fun scene, he's at his most scary when he's able to sit there and talk to his victims a little bit before killing them, and that pretty much every scene he shows up in after that isn't isn't as good to me anyway. But um, and feel. Free